All right, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Just a Girl from Cleveland. This is episode 92, and the Browns have now lost four straight games, uh, so just not in a good place in general with with our football team at the moment. It gets tough when you get to this kind of midpoint of the season, and the losses are really piling up, and you have to really start thinking, like, is this current season we're in worth salvaging, or is it even able to be fixed at this point? Or is this just who we are? Is this our identity this season? And um, there's not a shot of improving things in the second half and making a run for it. It's that kind of critical point where you start looking at things. Um, and it's it's tough. And losing a, a division game is always tough as well. So um, I'll get into more details about that later. But wanted to start off with some Cavs and Ohio State talk a little more positive (laughs) before we have to get into the Browns losing to the Ravens. So um, I'll just briefly start off with Ohio State beat Iowa uh, 54 to 10 this past weekend. Uh, Another massive blowout win. I mean, it's incredible, first of all, to see the way that CJ looks this year and how comfortable he is compared to, I would say like, the first half of last season he just he didn't have the confidence that he has this year and I think it's really noticeable of course there are still some mistakes he threw an interception this game um which obviously not great you don't want to do that but in general you can just tell um how much more comfortable he is and it's funny last season obviously our our defense struggled quite a bit bit and under Jim Knowles this year this defense is pretty phenomenal. I mean, Tommy Eichenberg is awesome. He had a great interception this game. And in general, you can just notice the night and day difference of this defense, which has made, you know, the bigger difference in the games this year because we were giving up multiple touchdowns, multiple scores to teams like freaking like Akron or Toledo last year. And you just can't do things like that. And it was it was making those games extremely cool close which was concerning because you knew once we had to play some tougher teams that it was going to be a lot more important to not be making those kinds of mistakes and not be giving up a lot of scores uh when you're playing a better team and obviously we you know had to play that team up north last year and it didn't go as well as it's been going for the last you know 15 years or however long Ohio State's been winning that matchup um I still think that they're a very good team this year and that that game is going to be extremely tough, but it is promising to see the way this defense has improved. And I think we have a much better shot at winning that matchup this year because of that sole fact. And then because of the fact that CJ is just, he is way more comfortable out there. I mean, he's, he is a joy to watch for sure. Um, it's funny because, you know, he had to stay in games like late last year because of how close the games were at times. Um, but Kyle McCord is really getting his time in this year because man, you get to the fourth quarter of all these games and it's like, all right, put in all the backups. Like it's just not even necessary for him to be playing out in all these games. So it's, um, it's been, it's fun, but sometimes I don't like, as I'm about to talk about how the Browns are losing all the time, I'm like, I don't like blowing out teams all the time. Like, it's just funny how different my football teams uh, operate this season. Uh, But I do enjoy when the games are a little bit more competitive than 54 to 10. Like, it gets, gets to be a lot after a while. You're like, okay, come on, somebody give us a little bit of competition. But I guess I should not wish for that because... 
then you have you know a situation like the Browns where you have oh, people giving you a little too much competition, uh, more than you can handle. So I'll take what Ohio State is doing any day over what the Browns are doing right now. Um, but yeah, season is continuing to roll there and looking good, and it all just kind of really builds up to you know playing that team up north and then Big Ten championship. That's what you're always working towards um, on the Buckeyes, so we will see how it goes. Okay, a little bit of Cavs talk. So we've had three games so far. Raptors, Bulls, Wizards. We're 2-1 and one at this point. Feeling pretty good about what I've seen so far. Um, the Raptors game was rough losing that one, um, mostly because Darius Garland had his eye poked out, uh, which was very unfortunate. Here's the thing. The Raptors play defense in a weird way where they just flail their arms around all the time. And I think they need to relax with that because the guy who did it to Darius Garland also poked someone else's eye the next night. And it's that's clearly an issue if we're having a pattern here. Uh, there also wasn't even a foul called when Darius's eye was poked out, which is a little bit ridiculous because his eye literally ended up being like swollen shut. It was bleeding from inside of his eyelid no foul, which makes uh, no sense at all. But, you know, the the refs were a little bit rough that game in general. Um, hopefully Darius is going to be good soon. They've been kind of uh, not, they haven't given any real clarification on like an exact date for return for Darius. Uh, but he's, you know, been on the bench wearing his sunglasses, which is kind of awesome. Honestly, I want glasses Darius Garland forever. I hope he's wearing goggles when he comes back or maybe even those like glasses looking goggles, I would be a big fan of, of seeing him in one of those. I feel like players go through those legendary times when they have to wear like a mask or, you know, goggles or whatever it is. Um, so we'll see what happens with that injury. Um, but in general, I'm just really looking forward to the next years of Cavs Raptors matchups. We had quite a few years of that during the second LeBron era when he pretty much owned the Toronto Raptors for four years. Um, it was funny because during those seasons, you know, the Cavs weren't the best regular season team at times. They kind of coasted their way to the playoffs because they knew that you have LeBron James and you know how to turn it on in that moment. Uh, so the Raptors would get their hopes up every single year like, hey, we're winning, you know, 54 games. This is awesome. We're we're a great team. And then just get swept by LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers regularly, completely owned, didn't have a shot. Um, so that was always really fun. And I'm looking forward to kind of having two pretty young teams. You've got your young stars and like they have Scotty Barnes. We've got you know, Evan Mobley, who the two of them were really competing for Rookie of the Year, and Evan took that very personally that he did not win that award. We've got our other young stars, obviously, and they've got a, they've got a really good team there. So I am looking forward to seeing over the next couple of years how, you know, those matchups go and evolve over time. Maybe some playoff series, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But um, it's a it's always a fun, very competitive game. Their crowd looked awesome there. Uh, so good to see the, the season starting off with a lot of energy, even though we did unfortunately lose that game. But bounce back from that game. Bulls completely destroyed them. And then Wizards played in a very close overtime game with them that we ended up winning. I was at that game um, and just have to say that crowd was incredible. I mean, 
Donovan Mitchell wasn't lying when he said it felt like a playoff game because it, it kind of did. It was just, it was pretty packed there. Everyone was excited, engaged. I, I've said this before that I think Cleveland, specifically Cleveland basketball fans, have a very smart fan base that's very aware of the history of the team, of, you know, what's happening in the game and react in proper ways. Like, I don't think we're as um, dramatic as maybe how we are with the Browns. Like, we're, we very much understand the game on a, on a different level, I feel like, as Cavs fans and are more, like, sensible and realistic. And maybe it's because we've had, like, actual success and it, it's impossible to, like, keep a level head as a Browns fan. You just want to rip your hair out every week, whereas being a Cavs fan has been, I would say, a little bit more fun in my lifetime just in terms of getting some wins out there. Um, but it was just, it was fun to watch the way the crowd interacted with the players and uh, were kind of motivating them, really. I mean, Donovan Mitchell afterwards in his interview first of all he apologized for his mistakes at the end of regulation which those were bad man he he did like the two things you can't do which was in two consecutive possessions turn the ball over to the other team when you're up by two scores with not that much time left on the clock I mean the first one literally he handed it to them and they were able to get an easy bucket uh so he was clearly very frustrated with himself which honestly he should be like that was pretty bad but um, made up for it in overtime, and we were able to finish out the game. Um, but he was saying that, you know, he was just overwhelmed by all of the love that he was getting from the crowd. And you could tell, like, I could tell watching the game that he was trying to hold back smiles. And he kind of said that in his his interviews afterwards where he was like, I, I caught myself looking around smiling, but I tried to, you know, zone in on the game and stay focused. Um, but you could tell he was just like, oh my God, I'm getting MVP chance in game three in this. I mean, it's his first game in that arena in a regular season game and game three of the season. And uh, you have the Cleveland fans chanting MVP for you, which I got to say that the MVP chants were, they were off. Like there were two sections doing it at different times. It was just, it wasn't cohesive. We haven't been able to chant MVP in a bit. We'll get it together as the season goes on. Um, But it was really, really very exciting to see how pumped he is. I mean, he scored 30 plus points in his first three games, which is the first Cavalier to do that ever. And I know a lot of people were like, wait, LeBron, LeBron was 18 when he started with the Cavs. Like, he wasn't dropping 30 points a game every game yet. Donovan is a much more seasoned player at this point in his career, has a lot more experience, um, and has been doing it at a high level for a long time now. LeBron started off here when he was literally a child. So um, I think it makes sense that there has not been someone who has been able to accomplish that yet because we don't quite always get, you know, the big trades or, you know, other than the LeBron years, we didn't really get any free agents to come here either. So it, yeah, we, we don't always have someone coming in at the peak of their powers uh, to drop 30 points a game repeatedly. Um, but he has been so fun to watch. And God, what a blessing that we have him, especially seeing Darius go out. Like, you know, if we only had Darius and no Donovan Mitchell and Darius goes down, like it would be so bad. We would have no one to really get our offense going and there would be just such a dramatic drop-off, whereas now, of course, you would like to have both of them available, and that's going to be important in the future, especially because we still don't have Ricky right now, and we're not going to have Ricky for a while. You can't just leave it up to Neto. Sorry, he's not going to be able to do it all. Um, 
but it was just good to see that Donovan Mitchell could pick up that slack and that if we do have some, you know, injuries that we're battling or different things that we go through throughout the season that different guys are going to be able to pick up the slack for each other and I'm I'm really happy to see that that's already the case. I knew Donovan Mitchell was a really good basketball player like I've obviously watched him play before. But watching him on your team, I was just like I can't believe we have him. Like he is incredible. He is a great basketball player and I think I think in his last years in Utah he was starting to not want to be there. He might not fully say that out loud, but I think everyone knows that was the case. Uh, and I think you can tell now that he just cares a lot more. Um, and I don't want to excuse like players kind of slacking off, and I hope he doesn't ever get to that point in Cleveland. But um, it's really, really great to see that he is this high-caliber player and that this trade was worth it. Um, and we needed to make that trade if we actually wanted to contend. I mean, no shade to like Sexton, Markinen. Markinen is like top 10 players in the league right now. Dude is going off in Utah. I'm very, uh, very happy for him. I want all of those guys to succeed. But I know that for what this team needed, making the Donovan Mitchell trade was an incredibly smart move and something we needed to do and was very much worth it. Uh, so I'm feeling good about where we are with that. Um, fun to see Jetty like going off in these couple games here too. He has had some great games. He's a very streaky player. Like either he is the, literally the greatest player alive or he's airballing back-to-back shots. It's, it's one or the other with Jetty, but, um, it's good to see when he is doing well. It's really exciting. I just, I love the way all of these guys support each other too. And you can see they really want each other to succeed. They're not putting their ego over anyone else. Uh, and that is just, it was clear last year. It's continued this year, which is not a guarantee when you bring in another all-star. Like that can really change a dynamic. And you can tell that Donovan has really come in, accepted, you know, the role that he has and is also very supportive and willing to, you know, put other players needs out there too, and not just have it be all about him and putting his ego first. So I've been happy to see that as well. So, I mean, it's a long season. A lot's going to happen. But watching those three games, I feel confident in in what we're doing so far. Okay, Browns-Ravens game. (laughs) Just been putting off talking about this. But obviously we got, I don't even know what the, the correct word would be. Just like, it's another brutal loss because it was 23 to 20, another close game we seem to always lose by just a couple points and we find you know different ways to not be able to get get it done it's it's very frustrating um just a couple things that you know stood out to me in general is that the defense did look a little bit better this week uh you know publicly we had players on the defense this past week talking about how Younger players aren't committed. They're not putting in the time outside of practices and meetings. Like football is hard, man. It, it and being in the NFL is really hard, and it's such an instinctual game. Look, like I've clearly never played the game myself, but I I know from talking to so many, you know, past players and people who have played the game at a high level that 
you have to have that level of repetition to be able to perform well on Sundays. Like you need to have it so deeply ingrained in you so that there is not even a second where you are questioning what you are doing on Sundays. And I feel like that's what we've seen happen with the different miscommunications that have happened, confusion on whose job it is to do what. Like it should be second nature for them at this point, and it wasn't. And that was what was so frustrating to see is that it was clear that they weren't putting that time in to get to the level where it is second nature. And look, that's hard for young players because obviously they're coming into a new system that they've never been a part of before, uh, learning uh, just a new life, a new league. It's it's a lot to take in, but that's why you have to put in all of that extra time and you can't expect it to just happen. Um, you've got to really put that, that additional work in so that when you're on Sundays, you are just operating. You are just going out there and playing and you're not even second guessing a single move that you're making. Um, and it was interesting to hear defensive players, some of the veterans talking about this um, and it, it's obviously concerning, but in general, I will say the defense did look a little bit better this week. There were still certainly some mistakes, but I think they did a lot more of you know what their job is uh, as individual players. Downsides from this week, injuries. Najoku and Jacob Phillips are hurt. Najoku, I am like so sad for him about that one because he's been having an incredible year probably the best like best year in his career so far um, and was tracking for a big season and he's going to be out for a couple weeks I think they said two to five with high ankle sprain Phillips pectoral injury he's going to be probably out for the rest of the season so there's another linebacker that goes down so just really unfortunate overall I know every team deals with injuries so it's not just us um, it's got to be next man up mentality but um, obviously losing another linebacker for the rest of the year along with Anthony Walker is is really hard. Um, and Najoku just having a great year. That's super hard as well. Um, we come up now to a Monday night football game against the Bengals. I feel like I keep saying everything is must win, but it all feels must win every single week when you're doing five. It definitely is. Um, we've pretty much owned the Bengals every game in the Kevin Stefanski era. He is always... Uh, beat the Bengals, but I just don't feel confident at this point in time that we're going to be able to put that together. We'll see what happens. Primetime game, you know, every all eyes on the team again. We were able to win our other primetime Thursday night football game against the Steelers, so hoping just maybe that's a pattern that we play better in those moments. Uh, just hoping for anything, but um, definitely, definitely must win because the Ravens and the Bengals are starting to pull away in the division. Both of them are at four and three. Um, and then us and the Steelers are at two and five. So they're starting to separate themselves a little bit. Whereas, you know, in those first weeks, it's all kind of lumped together. Um, now you've got them two wins ahead uh, and you got to you gotta start putting some wins on the board if you want even a shot at maybe being a wild card um, or even winning the division. So we will see how this week goes. All right, we're going to do mailbag questions now. Um, I took one non-sports related question because I wanted to answer it and I liked the question. Favorite and least favorite songs from Midnight's. So if you don't know this about me, I am a massive Taylor Swift fan and I know this is a sports podcast, but I think there is a direct correlation between um, the way the minds of Taylor Swift fans work and the way sports fans work. Like 
it is a cult-like following between the two and just enjoying the storylines of it all. I appreciate the same things about Taylor Swift as I do my sports fandom. Um, so if if you aren't a Taylor Swift fan, I highly encourage you to like dig dig deep and maybe get into some lyrics and find uh, find the album that you connect most to because I promise you there is one for everyone. Um, but Midnight's her her album just came out this past week, um, and you know my favorites and least favorites are constantly changing because that's the thing with Taylor Swift songs. They got to really sink in and you have to spend some time with them to decide what you feel. But right now my favorite from the album is Midnight Rain. Love the intro, love the vibes. I've had it on repeat for, you know, the last few days. And then my least favorite I think is High Infidelity. I think it sounds um, similar to some previous songs she's done that I that weren't my favorite or highest on the list. It just didn't stand out to me. Um, so yeah, there's my answer to that. I won't go into much more about Taylor Swift because I know you guys listen to this for my sports takes. But if you want more Taylor Swift, you know, I could always give that to you. So let me know. <laughs> okay, next question. What is an acceptable return for Kareem Hunt? Draft capital or only or stay in win now mindset and ask for a player along with the pick? So I don't... I don't think this trade is going to happen, first of all, just because I don't think that we would get a big enough return for him at his age and the production that he's had so far this year. I mean, James Robinson just got traded from the Jags to the Jets for a sixth-round pick. So I think that kind of tells you where the general wide receiver market is right now. I know the Christian McCaffrey trade was a lot more picks um, that the 49ers gave up, which was... It was pretty crazy just considering his injury history and honestly age at this point. Um, But, and not as much age, but definitely injury history. But I just, I don't think that we would get a lot back for Kareem. So I don't think we would make the move. Certainly not a player in the trade. It would be a lower round pick probably if we were to get something for it. Um, So yeah, I just don't see them making that move, but you never know. Okay, with the absence of Najoku, who will step up? Um, so briefly talked about Najoku being down, very sad about that. Um, obviously the logical answer would be Harrison Bryant to step up some more. Uh, but I honestly think this is a great opportunity for Donovan Peoples-Jones to get some more targets. I think he has been one of the brightest spots of this roster this season. The level of contested catches that he is making this season is awesome. I saw, you know, a couple different charts out there that, you know, plot out the different metrics of how players are performing. And DPJ is one of the best in the league when it comes to his success rate on contested catches. And he hasn't had, you know, as many as other players because he hasn't been getting as many targets, but the ones he is getting, he is extremely successful at coming down with the ball. So it is awesome um, to see the way he has stepped up. And I'd like to see with Njoku being out now for a couple weeks, some of those targets going towards him. Okay, um, is it too early to say the Browns won't break 500 this year? Um, you know, it's it's not too early yet, but I just don't really see it happening at this point. We have some tough games left on our schedule. We do have a lot of winnable games, but some tough games too, and I think we end up with maybe seven wins is kind of where I'm at right now. Um, I don't think we're going to break 500, but I mean... They've proved me wrong before, so we'll see what happens. They don't prove me wrong very often, though. I'm usually, uh, I doubt them, and they uh, they fail. <laughs> so 
we'll see. But I, I'm, I'm assuming seven wins total at this point, which would be five more wins at this point in the season. So, okay, thoughts on how good the Cavs can be this year? What are your expectations? Which I know I've gotten some questions like that before the season started, but I kind of wanted to answer this now that we are three games in. I've gotten to see these pieces come together. My expectations are definitely playoffs. Even with DG Hurt right now, this roster has been really good and has been able to stay together, like I was saying. And I'd like to see this team win one playoff series this year. That is my goal. If we can stay healthy, fingers crossed. That's a huge, huge caveat because got to stay healthy in order for that to happen. Um, I think we can win a playoff series this year. And it would be awesome to have some playoff basketball back in Cleveland again. We got a little taste of it with the playing game last year. I want to see full-on playoff series give it to like give everything to all of us we we love rock and mortgage field house playoff games it is it's the best time so i am um i'm looking forward to seeing where they go um it's a long year so i'm just trying to enjoy the process and not think ahead to playoffs right now but um that's where i think we can we can land at the end of the season all right, so that is all I have for you guys today. If you could just leave me a review or rating, share, all that good stuff, would very much appreciate it. Um, we'll come back next week with some more Browns talk. I don't know how that Bengals game is going to go, but we'll see what happens. Probably some more Cavs talk as well. Um, and I'll catch you guys on the next one.